Before we start this episode, just want to continue to give our thoughts to everybody that has been impacted by this coronavirus. Um, you know, we hope all your friends and family and loved ones are safe. Uh, but as well as that, just want to give a continual thanks to everybody who is out there working, supporting the communities, whether it is um, frontline workers in the medical field like doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals, whether it is teachers who are still out there teaching students, um, you know, store workers, delivery drivers, couriers, um, and apologies if I have forgot anybody, but uh, just want to say a continual thanks to everybody that is out there and serving the greater needs of the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to episode 28 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast where we're going to continue to break down our divisional rounds and we're going to be covering the East this time. So that'll be the AFC East and the NFC East. Just want to say thanks to Chiggs and Mo for covering last week. Uh, apologies I wasn't able to join. I will just say for the listeners, you won't have heard the outtakes or the edits that I had to do, but it was the most fun editing. And after what was a truly grueling sort of work schedule, it gave me a barrel of laughs uh, editing that on on my day off. So um Chigs Mo, how was the how was the experience? Uh, I've got to say, uh, we're glad to have you back, mate. <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely the calming presence of the, uh, you know, as, as a host. It were, yeah, as I said, it was it was hilarious. I tried to record some of the uh, outtakes just to send to our group and um, just just hearing some of the in- attempts at the intros. But uh, no, again, appreciate you guys covering and. Uh, sorting out the north last week um so with me of course i have chigs chigs how you doing giddy up i have mo hey 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 and we're at a full allotment again we have paul as well you forgot me unbelievable after well oh, it's just because we couldn't both join last week so the the fab four are back in town how you doing That's paul you well? like a bit of a stretch isn't yeah, it not too bad. <laughs> again terrific cool. trio and paul <laughs> so, so we're covering we're covering the East today. Before we do start the East, just want to give a shout out to the DC presidents, uh, Chigs. I know we've been discussing sort of having some wages and bets with Buck. I know we wanted to spice up that relationship, dare I say, and put some um, put some bets on stake. So, Buck, Indeed. you'll be hearing from us very soon. We're, Bucks, we're, um, we're, Bucks, we're Bucks coming after you up about this. So, um, why don't we just get it done now? Let's uh, let's let's put the challenge out. Okay, so, so, so Jigs, it was your idea, so why don't you outline the challenge? Yeah, then? so we're basically, we're going to run a league, um, like a mini league within the within the main competition. So it's going to be Buck against the uh, the four, uh, four fumble recovery hosts. Each week, um, his score against ours, and if he beats any one of us, he gets a point and, and vice versa. So it's a cumulative over the, um, over the 17, 17 weeks. 16 weeks, whatever these yeah, 16 weeks, yeah. 16 weeks. Or should we just do regular season? Let's do just do regular season, actually, because probably... Um, yeah, fantasy season, basically. Yeah, so the regular fantasy season. Um, Buck versus the Fumble Recovery Boys. Um, one point for your win and nothing for you lose. And um, 
highest score wins basically at the end of the season. And then the the punishment we we're thinking was um, nothing nothing too crazy. Yeah, so Buck, uh, we'll get you down to London for a weekend. Um, obviously, have a few beers and a bit of a smash up. But basically, the uh, the losing team, whether it's the uh, the fumble recovery boys or yourself, got to dress up um, in some sort of festive attire. So we've obviously got our jag suits, um, so you can kind of follow suit or pick something else. Uh, but yeah, dress up. And um, we're going to go to Leicester Square and busk for half an hour. <laughs> and, um, you oh, know, no. any any money we make, we'll use to, to go towards beers. We'll probably uh, probably better buy one pint between us with our singing skills. But, um, you know, <laughs> we'll see how we go. I like right. the challenge. Challenge is on. Nobody trade their assets to buck. We need to weaken <laughs> this team. To be and fair, Paul's yes, got a very tiny off. house if you do need a room to stay at as well. So <laughs> squeeze him in. <laughs> to be fair, Buck did sell away, sell the farm to uh, to win now this year. So actually, we may be in trouble. Yeah, we should probably should have put a challenge in for year two. But <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, oh, if we lose the third year, we can always make it best of three, right? Uh, I, I, I want to hear Buck sing in a, in a jag suit in Leicester Square this year. So, uh... Right, so that's the challenge. Uh, Buck, DC Presidents, uh, game on. So we'll start with the AFC East and love them or hate them, they've been a great team over the years. Let's start with the Patriots. Uh, so... oh, I thought you were going to go with the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone hates the Jets, or Adam Gase, I should say. Well, we'll start with the Pats. QBs, you've got Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer. Running backs, it's a bit of a hot mess there now. They've got James White, Rex Burkhead, Sonny Michel, Damian Harris, and they've just added Lamar Miller as well. Uh, wide receivers, you have Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, and Mohamed Sanu. Oh, they've also added Marquise Lee. Um, so those are the primary receivers. Then tight ends are all largely young so they've got SESC who they've just added this year and Dalton Keane so the two rookie tight ends and then they've got the likes of Ryan Izzo and Jordan Leggett I think Matt Lacoste has opted out for the season so he won't be playing and a new kicker after years of seeing Stephen Goskowski they've got Justin Rohwasser I hope I pronounced that right um, and of course the DST who were league winners for many last season so I start with you Chiggs just uh, looking through that depth chart Anyone that's shouting out at you that you'd be targeting, you think presents great value or just thinks going to have a really, really good season? So it's funny when you look at the Patriots, because the Patriots are a bit of like, um, have always been fantasy, fantasy nightmare, right? If you look at the running back situation historically, you know, you never know in any given week who Belichick's going to favour and stuff. So you kind of always lean towards Edelman being Brady's guy um, and obviously Brady being a late-run guy. Cam Newton, for me, represents excellent value. I think he's the guy, and it probably he's probably now gone the other way, where maybe a few weeks ago he wasn't being projected as a starter. I think the hype train's getting a little bit, you know, picking up steam. But Cam Newton's the kind of guy you pick up late in your drafts, and he could be a league winner, in my opinion. So, Mo, are you trading for Cam? I know you're a Panthers fan. So, in a dynasty league, are you trading for Cam? Do you think he can still be had cheap? 
I'm going to go negative on that. Um, I'm going to go the opposite route. I'm actually going to stay away from him because I don't think he's going to grasp Belichick's offense or um, Daniel's offense there. Um, okay. And Paul, any players from the Patriots who scream out at you? To be honest, I quite like Cam as well, but um, um, my I always have a weakness for Lamar Miller in this division. <laughs> I probably shouldn't, but I, I've I've drafted him a lot, and I was quite excited by his uh, his being relevant again, or possibly relevant again. Of all the players, I know, I know it's what I mean. It's a, I, I know it's the wrong one, but I I, I can't help myself. I think Chiggs will know uh, just based on the leagues we're in. I've gone after Julian Edelman often, so I've got him in our illegal contact draft in the new IDP league. I think of all the players on that team, I think he represents most value in terms of consistency and most reliability. Um, I know it's a new quarterback, whoever starts at centre, but I think it's in cool. that offense, in that slot role, I think Julian Edelman offers great value still. And actually, I've, I've also taken Sony Michel in a few leagues because I think while they've got a bit of a messy situation in the backfield, he represents that archetypal sort of first two down back. You know, guy who's going to get a lot of touchdowns if he can stay healthy. So I do like the value that Sony's, give, Sony's giving just because you're able to get him in redraft leagues, you know, in that round 11. 10, 11, 12 sometimes. Yeah. To be fair. The the issue I've got with that is I think you're looking and and don't get me wrong, I think round 10, 11 for for a guy like Tony Michelle it is good value, but you're looking at it through the lens of well, this is the Patriots, the Patriots offense, like, they score points and their running back gets touchdowns, right? We don't know what the situation is going to be like with Stidham or Cam. So I think, yeah, the, the upside is still there if he ends up being, but I, th- I just think it's very messy right now. They've added Lamar Miller. You've still got Rex Burkhead. You've got James. I don't think anyone's going to get a consistent volume. And yeah. I think their the touchdowns are going to go down. Right. Whereas last year, the defense was so good. They could control the clock. Um, Brady wasn't throwing much. Um, if if Cam's a starter, obviously with Cam's rushing ability, potentially that takes away some of that red zone work. And Stidham is probably going to be a better. Well, he's probably going to throw the ball, you know, downfield more than Brady could, right? So I think that doesn't bode well for their running back situation for me. But as you say, I think for me, Julian Edelman's going to be the consistent kind of factor there. You know, he's the reliable slot receiver. You know, he's going to get targets. He knows the offense. He's he's the main man. So I think Edelman for me represents the most value of the skill player positions. He he knows the system, but the system might be different, right? So it's he's got a new quarterback as well after a long time. So it's I think he's almost he, he almost may as well be in a new team too because the quarterback's so pivotal. It is, in, but I think that. I think he's the kind of guy the routes he kind of runs and stuff. He. He's a safety blanket, right? You know, if you're Stidham and you know, you're not going to throw the ball downfield because your receivers can't get open, you're going to yeah. kind of check down or get it to Edelman, who's you know open in the middle of the field. Yeah, it has that value that Gronk kind of brought. And if it, if if Cam is the starter, as we largely suspect he will be, then 
Edelman's not much different to what Greg Olson was. You know, sort of that's Greg Olson was effectively the slot receiver. I know he's a tight end and he had blocking duties and things like that. But Cam did often target the middle of the field. He didn't always go for those perimeter throws. So that's why I like Edelman. That's why I've been targeting him a lot in you know a lot of the startups I've done this year. Do you think Cam even... still run it? What was that? Sorry. Do you think Cam will still run? No, I don't. I don't think Belichick's going to allow him that sort of rushing freedom, and that's where I think he's going to his ceiling. Sorry, his floor is lower than before. See, I be- think I think he will. I think Belichick. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm I really rate Belichick. I think what Belichick does that beats everyone else yeah. is not have Brady, not have Gronk. It's what he does is he he uses everyone at their best, at their at their maximum, at their, mm-hmm. at their, everything he maximizes. So I think, I actually think their offense will change almost. Their offense used to change almost week by week, depending on who they're playing. Right, they'd, they'd find a weakness and they just target that, which is why they're so hard fantasy wise. So as QBs as QBs go, do you think he'll be a top five rusher? No. No. Oh. No, I don't think so. But I think we. Well, I reckon he'd be top he'd ten. Be a top ten I mean, rusher. Okay. Yeah, top ten on average as well, because you know we still he's, we still don't quite know how many he's going to play. But, okay, interesting. Uh, I think Paul Paul makes makes a great point there, and, and that's kind of why I was a little bit surprised with my, my you know when you're saying Cam not picking up Belichick's offense. I think Belichick will tailor you know he, he'll tweak it to get the best out of the players he's got. Right. Um, he's done it so many times where he's taken very average. Well, you know, so he's taken high draft caliber that hasn't played well elsewhere. He's got them on the cheap and he's put them in his system and made them work. Cam, including you know, Brady, don't forget. Oh, I know he's a slightly different. Well, this Brady, is it, right? Like Cam's a Cam's a, um, a league MVP. He's been in the Super Bowl. Like, you know, the first uh, first overall pick. The guy's got pedigree. He's obviously slid a bit because of his injury, but you know, I think they've taken him for a reason and. They're going, to, they're going to work with him, and, and Cam, I think, is going to surprise him the upside. So, would I be going out to trade for him in a dynasty league? Probably not. If I'm a contender and, he, and you know, midway through the season, he's looking like that kind of guy, maybe. If you've got him and you held on to him in the off season, absolutely hold on to him, and I think you know he's going to he's going to do well for you. I mean, Amy, I think you've got that situation, right? Oh yeah, I have. Yeah, I've got him in a league. I held on to him, you know. Had some low ball offers. I don't blame the <laughs> owners for making low ball offers ultimately because he was a depre- uh, depreciated asset in a way. But um, I, I held on. I trusted that he would find his way to a starting gig soon enough. I, I mean, the Patriots just ended up being the perfect, perfect landing spot in many respects. Um, okay, so that was the Pats. We'll move on then to another team that made the playoffs last year, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so let's run through some of their players. You've got Josh Allen at QB, Matt Barkley, Jake Fromm, who they've just signed this year. Running backs, you've got Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, TJ Yeldon is still around. And um, I do have to give an honourable mention to uh, ex-rugby player, British lad Christian Wade as well. Then receivers, you've got Stefan Diggs, who we've discussed in um, much detail in our trade shows. John Brown, of course, Cole Beasley, and then slightly lesser-known quantities in the likes of Duke Williams and Gabriel Davis, who I actually think has a lot of potential in Dynasty. Not for this year, but more like a, if you can hold on to him, I think he's got potential in year two, year three. Then tight ends, 
Dawson Knox, Jason Croom, Tommy Sweeney, Tyler Croft. Uh, and then if you play kicker, Stephen Hashka, you know, he's been a fairly reliable uh, kicker there. Uh, so, Mo, who, who screams out at you in the bills that you think you'll be targeting in, let's say, your redraft leagues? Uh, Singletary. Uh, I actually like him both for redraft and dynasty for where he's being drafted. He's, he's, drafted, he's being drafted quite late, in my opinion. And you do have the... Uh, um, you know, coming in there, but uh, in a redraft, I think Singletary because we spoke again. Rookies are going to struggle with third down protection, and Zach Moss would be more of a third. If anything, trying to get that, you know, that short yardage and so forth. Um, and uh, yeah, I, honestly, I would, I would think Singletary is the best value, in my opinion. See, I I would take the opposite side of that personally. I think. You know, I just don't think he's going to get the volume to be um, consistent. You know, okay, maybe where he's getting drafted, you know, he's a low end running back too. I can't, I can't see him really outperforming that. You know, with the other guys in the league, like he. Um, but for where you're getting him, I, I think he's got a top eighteen potential, top top eighteen, top twenty. And for where you're drafting him, I think Singletary does hold good value. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan. I've said that before. I mean, personally, I'd rather take David Montgomery. I don't know where they're going relative to you, but David Montgomery, for me, would scream over Devin Singletary of that sort of second-year running back class. I would say, um, let's see, David Montgomery is 28 and Singletary is about 22. Yeah, I would take Singletary over Montgomery. Mm, see, I, I would completely the opposite side of that. I think, um, you know... Your sounds, limit- sounds like a fab bet to me, Chase. Yeah, I, I would absolutely take that because here's the thing, right? Like your your touchdown potential is already limited by the fact that Josh Allen, you know, will take a lot of the looks in the red zone anyway. Yeah. Secondly, I think Zach Moss projects to be the the goal line back as well. And then thirdly, now you've added Stefan Diggs. So even if they could, if they throw more than they ran last year, you know, they've got a, they've got a, a top tier target to throw to as well. So. I can't see any situation where where Devin Singletary breaks into that top top fifteen of running backs in in a league. No, I can trade Singletary too. I've got him by mistake. <laughs> whereas, like, whereas David Montgomery um, is, is the lead back in Chicago. He's potentially got a better quarterback now, Nick Foles. You know, he's going to be an upgrade on Trubisky. Um. And he, he's going to get the volume, whereas I think, I don't think Singletary is going to get the volume. Okay, I think he offers a bit of PPR, you know, I think he offers a nice floor, but I don't think he's got any upside for me. So I, I personally am avoiding Singletary in all leagues, absolutely. If I had him, I'd be selling him. We'll, 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 we'll make that a 50 fab bet then in our IDP league, Jigs. Uh, Montgomery, oh. Montgomery over Singletary, yeah? Yeah, I'll take Singletary. Yeah, okay, fine. Cool. So, Paul, I wanted to ask you, because I know you're invested in a few of the Bills players. I know in our uh, IDP league, you've got Josh Allen as your QB1. In our uh, TBC league, you've got Devin Singletary. And then in our keeper league, you've got Stefan Diggs. I don't know if he is going to be one of your keepers or not. But what's, what's your thoughts on the Bills sort of offense this year? Any players that you're excited about? Um, I like Allen just from his, just from his rushing capacity, really. Um, in all honesty, um, Diggs, I still like his talent, 
Um, who's the other one I got? A Singletree. I'm, I'm totally torn on. I traded for him, obviously, but I wasn't really. It wasn't someone I was. I was going for it. It's more a. Uh, but Shiggs, Shiggs talks a very good game. He's really put me off him. Just wait for that offer from Chiggs now. No, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you got jammed into a terrible trade and I'm standing by that, but you know, it is what it is. This, this is this is my problem now. Everyone's gonna hear it, so I'm not gonna get out of it. I'm gonna get stuck with him. So I almost feel like I have to back him. I nearly drafted him another league just to go in for a penny. Talk your book up, yeah. Yeah, exactly. so just a just a really quick one then. I know we don't talk too much about IDP or defensive players, but uh, Bills DST is that a team you're targeting in um, your redraft leagues? Me, yeah. I I yeah. don't really try and target anyone though. I, I'd rather stream in defensive players unless you've got fairly extreme settings like we've got in um, in our redraft. But that even then, I, you know, we, we we even if you have extreme settings, the differential on average between Defenses is not that high, There's so that, I, I try to I try not to waste the draft pick. If you know, what I mean, I'd rather take a flyer. I think the thing with the Bills is, you know, they're going to be consistent, right? They're going to be in that bracket of the top defenses in the league. That's how they play the game. You know, they have, they have been over the last few seasons as well. I don't think it's going to change. I think their performance will be consistent with where they were last year. Yeah, I, th- I think they're one of the better defenses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, you know, depending on the scoring settings, I mean, what Paul had in, in your league last year was unbelievable. You know, defenses were scoring crazy amounts. And I think in that sort of situation, but, it is worth investing early on somebody well, like Fields. I'm not sure. So, Shiggs and I spent quite a long time going through this, even though this, what happened is they scored a lot more points. But every time you drop down from first to second to third you're only losing about two points it okay. wasn't a tremendous differential yeah. it's just that actually what they were doing is they were outscoring you know wide receivers quite regularly yeah i think if you look at it like with our scoring settings the patriots are a massive outlier and i think the steelers finished second last year in our scoring settings and they were you know very good but that drop off between say three to ten it's not a lot. Your, your, your replacement cost wasn't a lot, I think, is what we were saying. So, you know, if you had yeah. the Niners or you had the Bills or you had the Ravens or the Eagles, you know, like, you were going to be pretty well set. Now, people obviously had stacked two or three of them on their bench, which seems a bit crazy, but it does happen. That's when you're fishing around for, like, you know, rubbish on the waiver wire. But Yeah, that's true. Okay, so next up we have the Jets then. And so let's go through the Jets team. So QB, you've got Sam Darnold and Super Bowl winning MVP Joe Flacco. Uh, of course, J- James Morgan as well. Uh, running back, you've got Le'Veon Bell, the Aegis Wonder Frank Gore, LeMichael P. Ryan, uh, Kenneth Dixon and Josh Adams, who was a thing for a little bit last year. Wide receivers, Jameson Crowder, Brashad Perryman, Denzel Mims, and then we've also got the likes of Josh Doxon and Braxton Berrios, who were a thing for a little while. Tight ends, Chris Herndon, Ryan Griffin, and then Trayvon Wesco. Uh, and after that, it gets become sort of unknown names. So, Mo, any players you like from the Jets who you think hold value in keeper leagues? Sorry, redraft leagues, I should say. Ooh. I would. I want to say Bell, but I'm kind of kind of torn there. So um, I'm going to go with the shorefire, Chris Herndon. 
I think you can pick him up, you know, possibly as a free agent on the waiver wire or with your last, last, you know, last or second last pick. Um, he just had a very injury riddled season last year. But if you see some of his highlights from year one, I mean, he he he's 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 got elite level tight end talent in him. And Sam Donald and Chris Herndon were working out together in the off season, so I'm expecting that to be a a great uh, a great connection this year. I'm torn on Chris Herndon. I I trust the talent. I don't trust the personality. Uh, he's had a lot of off field issues, uh, and I think Adam Gase has a bit of a short leash for idiotic behavior let's say and in another other thing to bear in mind is ryan griffin actually had a decent season last year he ended the season well um you know not like a mark andrews travis kelsey level but he did perform he had some good games so i'm a little concerned personally lev bell is actually a player now i think from if you believe what you read in the press gase didn't want him doesn't want him uh, and what I think happens from that is that he's going to try and run him into the ground. Now, I know you were critical about my RB strategy in the redraft league that we had recently, or the keeper league, I should say. But Lev Bell was my RB1, and I don't mind that personally <laughs> because I th- it's a PPR league. I think he's just going to get a lot of production. Um, Sam Donald could see ghosts again this year. I'm quite high on Lev Bell, personally. I, d- I don't know where he ends up, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's an RB1, um, uh, sort of RB even 9-10. Now, I know that's ambitious, but just I think they're going to just try and run him into the ground. See, for me, I would be very happy with Lev Bell as my RB2. So I think, you know, so if you had taken another running back, you know, rather than, say, Swift or um, Cam Akers, I think you took, didn't you? Um, the rookie guys. I think they'll develop as the season goes on, you know, could give you some good value. But for me, I think Lev Bell is a very good running back too. And a sneaky guy that, you know, has running back one upside, not high end running back one upside, but I think low end running back one upside. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think that's his ceiling, right? And I think also you've got, I like LaMichael Pirine. I think he's going to have some, he's going to get some work. And I think from a dynasty perspective, he's a guy to, to keep an eye on. Well, ever since our friend Jack came on and talked about Michael P. Ryan, he's always been on my radar. And I thought he'd landed in a decent opportunity where, you know, he's got two sort of veteran guys ahead of him. And maybe not necessarily in redraft in year one, but certainly a player I was targeting in my dynasty rookie drafts. That's for sure. Yeah, def- definitely. You know, he's, he's a guy people should be looking out for as a. I'm not going to say he's Alvin Kamara, but you know that kind of guy who's got a couple of guys before him in the, ahead of him in the depth chart. But you know their jobs are very shaky, and if he can beat them out, and suddenly he becomes the main guy, that that's the kind of value you're looking for, right? Um, you know he he did quite well. Was it Eastern Eastern and or Central Florida or something like that? Decent, you know, decent production. I think he does everything pretty well. You know, I don't think he's exceptional at any sort of facet, but I think yeah, he's he's a guy. To, I don't know in a redraft league for sure, but I think in a dynasty league, he's a guy to try and try and target late in your, late late in the drafts. Yeah, a player I really like actually in redraft leagues in particular is Jameson Crowder, very underrated player and potentially in P uh, sorry especially in PPR leagues, 
always seems to rack up those catches. I thought he built a good rapport with Sam Donald last year. Now, I know they've lost Robbie Anderson. They've got in Brashad Perryman. I don't know. I just kind of like what Jamison Crowder offers. He's a bit of a safety blanket for um, for Sam Donald. And I'm not sure about Crowder. I, I had him in a, in a PPR league last year. And don't get me wrong, there was... I think the start of the season, he was on absolute fire. You know, like he was, I think he was a, a wide receiver one, maybe the first, you know, X amount of games. And I actually ended up trading him away off the back of his performance. Um, and literally, as soon as I got rid of him, he he turned to crap. And, and that's the trouble. I can't, I can't trust him. I, I, th- I think he's, he's, he's definitely got the opportunity. He's, he's got the experience. You know, you know he's going to be sort of PPR kind of safe. I just, you know, there was, um, looking at our scoring settings, you know, from week 11, so weeks 9, 10, 11, 25.3, 19.85, 19.35 PPR points. Then the following three weeks, 4, 2, and 6. Mm. And and that's that's the trouble, right? This is what you're getting in that stage of the draft. But, you know, is your wide receiver 4 or 5? Absolutely. Like, you know, but it's just, you never know what week he's going to kind of go off. And have those performances. Yeah, uh, I agree. Denzel Mims, I think we've discussed during our rookie breakdown, love the talent. Absolutely gutted that he was taken, I think, a pick before me in um, in our rookie draft. But not a player you really want to target in year one, I don't think so. Not a player I'm targeting in my redraft leagues or keeper leagues. A possibly keeper. If he's available in the 14th, 15th round, I do think he'll develop towards the latter stage of the season and be worthy of an earlier pick next year. So maybe I'm giving my game away here, but Denzel Mims is the kind of receiver, if available, you might want to target later in a keeper round. In a redraft league, I don't know. We, I think Jets have got amongst the top three hardest strength of schedule for receivers, especially when you consider he'll be going up against um, Tredavious White two games a year and um, Stephon Gilmore two games a year. And then, of course, Miami have got Byron Jones and... Um, <laughs> uh, Howard. Xavier Howard, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no they, they've got... Yeah, I think they've got the best... He's got the toughest corners in his schedule, for sure. As you say, like, he he, he profiles a little bit like, like a DK Metcalf for me. You know, you take him in a keeper league late round... And I think he offers you, like, you know, you offer value in year one. I think, you know, he will have some nice games, but it will be a bit inconsistent. But he's the kind of guy you will start seeing going in startup drafts in that sort of round four to five range, maybe rounds five to six, you know, next year as the kind of, you know, people see his potential, the fact that he's doing it. Um, yeah, he definitely profiles as an exciting kind of guy to keep an eye on for sure. I'm just, I'm just going to say this to one of our, competitors in the TBC league so Sid if Denzel Mims is not doing much early on do not trade him away like you did Debo Samuel last year trust the talent (laughs) and I'm saying this as somebody who acquired Debo last year just trust the talent because I think Mims will come good Uh, Right, okay, so we move on then to the Dolphins, a very exciting team, and I think I've said that before. I think they've invested a lot, really good free agency on the whole, I believe. 
and could be quite an exciting team to watch. So QBs, you've got Tua, Tiger Valoa, who may not start, but let's see, Ryan Fitzmagic and Josh Rosen. Uh, then running backs, you've got a couple of new additions. I mean, I think they were awful, awful team rushing last year. And I'm sorry to Dolphins fans out there and sorry to Jack, who I know joined our podcast, but <laughs> they've added Matt Breeder and Jordan Howard. So two sort of uh, veteran heads. Receivers, I think they've got some good receivers here in Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, uh, and now you've got the likes of Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson. I think Alan Hearns has opted out for the season, if I uh, recall correctly. Um, and then tight ends, I know Chiggs, you're a fan, but you've got Mike Gesicki, and then they've added Adam Shaheen from the Bears as well. Um, and of course, we've discussed the power of their defense with some of the additions they made, like Byron Jones and Carl Van Noy. So, uh, Mo, any players you're targeting in your season-long leagues from the Dolphins? Uh, season-long, let's see, in redraft. Um, unfortunately, I'm kind of kind of weary of Parker um, as late as he's being drafted, but he's going to be going against the top corners um, in that division, uh, which will not make his uh, his work easy. Uh, I like I like where Howard and Breeder are, Breed are falling. They're, they're falling quite behind uh, in, in most drafts, and um, those would be some late round running back uh, depth that you could add on to your roster. Um, and then, of course, I think I kind of put Jaseki there as well as either off the waiver wire or, or late round pick where, you know, you have really good upside. Uh, dynasty standpoint, I love Preston Williams. Um, as long as he comes back strong from his ACL injury, um, I, I think I think, I think think his talent's his talent's up there. So, uh, But in redraft, um, probably just the running backs and uh, the tight end. Jiggs, what are your thoughts on the Dolphins? Yeah, it's funny because I agree with Mo, but it's weird because um, Devontae Parker, you know, was one of the few guys that put numbers up on Stefan Gilmore last year, right? Um, Talent-wise, I think he's he's there. For me, Kisiki's the guy. Um, I think he's got the draft pedigree. I think he's got the, the talent. And, you know, you sort of normally say it takes about three years for tight ends to kind of develop. Um and, you know, he kind of showed me last year. First year was a disaster. And last year, though, he really started to show what he could do. And I think he makes that leap now into that sort of upper echelon of tight ends. I'm not saying he's going to break into the Kelsey and Kittle range, but, you know, as a startable tight end, uh, tight end one, I think you know, he, he's a guy definitely to, to look out for. Um, and then, as Mo says, you know, the running backs, Breeder and Jordan Howard, you know, I, I like them both for different reasons. In a redraft league, for sure, you know, pick them up late on bench depth. Yeah, um, they'll give you nice value. And in a dynasty, I mean, the trouble is, I think I love Matt Breida. I think when I see him play, he's he's electric, but he just can't stay healthy. That's the only problem. Um, I I have a real soft spot for Matt Breida because he helped me win a he helped me win a championship in a dynasty league in the Joy Flex League we were in. And I actually played him many, many games that year. I don't know if I played him in the final or not, but I've got a soft spot for him. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know he gets a lot of injuries and concussions and things like that. He's a small guy. He puts his body on the line. But I've got a soft spot for Matt Breed, and yeah. I really hope he does well this I, year. I really like him. I think, you know, and he's the kind of guy, you know, Jordan Howe is not a pass catcher. Right? So you're playing in a PPR league. Matt Breed is the kind of guy you probably want to be picking up because he's going to give you that that um, that catching ability. So he should give you a nice floor. And I think I think the Dolphins are going to be a sleeper team. 
they're going to definitely be a lot better than they were last year. They've invested on their line. You know, if Tua ends up taking over the job as well during the season, obviously from a dynasty league, you know, Tua's generally going second overall rookie pick, maybe now third behind CEH. But, yeah, Tua, Tua can transform that offense to another level. And, you know, if you're getting in the dynasty league, if you're looking at dynasty league and you're in a rebuild mode, start acquiring Dolphin shares now. Yeah, I agree. Because in two years' time, that will pay dividends. I think that's going to be an exciting team to watch. I really like what the coaching staff have done there and the GM. You know, they're a bit of a joke a couple of years ago, dare I say. And I think they're coming up strong and doing it in the right way. Acquiring draft picks, having cap space available for free agents. So, yeah, I'm excited about what the Dolphins can do. So, uh, right, we'll move on to the NFC then, NFC East. We'll start with the team that actually won the NFCs. I think it was the worst division in football last year because the Eagles won it with like 8-8, eight and eight, didn't they, if I'm not mistaken? Or was it like 9-7? No, and seven? no the, Cow- the Cowboys won the division, didn't they? <laughs> no, 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 nope. the Eagles won. Eagles the won Eagles it. Won. Oh, okay, fair enough. Without any yeah. wide receivers. There, there um, were teams with better records who didn't make the playoffs, if I recall. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was... A hot mess in that division. So we'll start with the Eagles as they were the, um, they, they are, I should say, the reigning NFC East champions. So really quickly then, quarterbacks, you've got Carson Wentz and then Oklahoma and previously Alabama quarterback Jalen Hurts, who they've added this year. Running backs, you've got Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Corey Clement. Wide receivers, Got a bit of depth here. So you've got Jalen Rager, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Deshaun Jackson, Greg Ward, Alshon Jeffrey, and then another rookie that they added this year, or another couple of rookies in John Hightower and Quez Watkins. Uh, I believe Marquise Goodwin has opted out for the season, so yes. he's no longer a thing. And then Titans, actually arguably the best Titan tandem in the league in Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And then, of course... Uh, if you do play IDP, uh, one player I do want to just call out, and I think people should target as uh, late late pickups, Nathan Jerry in particular, I think holds great value. He's going very late, and I'm not saying that because I got him. I think he's he holds great value. Also, potentially TJ Edwards. But let's focus on the offense. We are largely talking redraft. So, Mo, any players of the uh, Eagles you'd be targeting in your redraft leagues? Going all in on Miles Sanders this year. Miles Sanders is the guy to have. Um, he, based on his draft, I think he's going what running back uh, seven or eight. No, wait, sorry, it's even further back than that. He's oh, going yeah. um, fourteen, mm-hmm. and somewhere sometimes even fourteen. I mean, it's it's kind of hit or miss where he's been falling. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I think I think tremendous value there in a redraft. I love him in dynasty as well. Um, I, 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 especially the fact that they did not pick up any other running back in the offseason or in the draft. I think um, he's he's going to have a breakout season this year. Sure. Uh, I, I like Miles Sanders a lot. I know I traded him away. It's just because I thought I was getting a more elite talent in Dalvin Cook. And um, with the sort of new collective bargaining, I don't think there's going to be many players doing a left bell. But no, Sanders is a great shout. Here's, here's yeah. a question. Would you say Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders? They're both sitting there on the board. Oh, Josh Jacobs, I think, still. They're, I think they're, P- PPR, They're though. more of a run-first team for me. 
Yeah. I, I agree. See, I agree me, on for standard me, Josh Jacobs, sure, even in PPR. I, I actually, I mean, those those two are my. I mean, ideally, if I if if I want to choose what position I want to redraft, I wouldn't mind getting a, a you know someone in the last round, and I wouldn't mind picking up both of like say twelfth pick, pick up both Miles Sanders and Jacobs, yeah. even though you see a lot of wide receivers at that point that you're kind of kind of licking your chops at. But um, I would love to get both of them on my dynasty, on my on my on dynasty. Sorry, on my redraft league. I think that that's the thing for me, but that's the one thing I'm, I'm a little bit upset at myself in all the sort of startups I've been in this this off season. I haven't got any shares of Josh Jacobs, and he's a guy I think you know. I know we're not talking about Josh Jacobs, but I think he's the guy that makes that step up. I can see Sanders, um, you know what he did at the end of last season. I can see why the hype train is there, and the fact they haven't added anyone so. You know, the argument is always like Doug Peterson runs a, a running back by committee and they haven't added. You know, I still think Boston Scott gets some work. I Corey like Boston Clement. Scott. Yeah, I think he's Corey a smaller gets guy. Work. I like Boston Scott, though. I, th- I think Sanders will, you know, will be the guy. I'm just still a little bit nervous about him. But yeah, I mean, where you're getting him running back 13, 14, he's got top five upside for sure. Yeah. But he now, quite easily finishes a running back 13, 14. What were your thoughts on my decision uh, in our illegal contact league? So I took Zach Kurtz and Dallas Goddard. Do you think that's a waste of a roster spot or do you think that's a smart move? I think, well, this, this is this redraft or is this a startup? Um, that was a redraft league, yeah. Well, keeper league, I should say. See, the problem is in the redraft, especially with the settings, you're never going to start both, right? No. I so if you've got Zach Ertz and you've invested a, a reasonably high pick on Zach Ertz, you don't need to take Dallas Goddard. Like for me, you're what you're you're holding. You're, no, you're never going to play him ahead of Zach Ertz, and you're never going to start a tight end in your flex. So the only reason you've got him is in case Zach Ertz goes down. Yeah. Or Goddard turns out to be the main guy. Now in, in the dynasty league, completely get that strategy. That's exactly what you want to be doing: is trying to go and get Goddard if you've got Ertz. Especially in our league, where you can play both, they both do offer you value to play in a, in those sort of flexible settings. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Zach Ertz is still the main tight end there. You know, as much as Goddard did well, Zach in a PPR league, especially Zach Ertz is, is the guy. Sure, no, I understand that. The only reason I did it was to just lock up that Eagles tight end core i think whoever starts whoever is the guy is going to be massively productive and i was kind of happy with the rest of my squad but maybe he i mean i do need to drop somebody for a kicker and god it may be the guy who gets chopped yeah and that's the thing it's not as if you like you're locked into him right so i think in the draft if you, you know you've taken him he, he is trading you know, he's droppable on the waiver wire so it's not it's not a terrible move at all but yeah i, I can't see you holding them both for the season all season yeah, yeah. Cool. So we move on to the Giants. They've got a new head coach, of course, in Jason Garrett. Uh, so at QB, you've got Daniel Jones and Chiggs. I know we'll both appreciate this, but they've added Colt McCoy as well. Uh, <laughs> running backs, a guy you may have heard of, may not, called Saquon Barkley. Bit of an unknown quantity. Um, and then they've also added Dion Lewis as well. Wide receivers, you've got Sterling Shepard. Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, and then Corey Coleman as well, if he ever becomes a thing. 
Titans, Evan Engram, Caden Smith are main sort of the main guys. And then, of course, you've got Chanda Catanzaro if you care about kickers at all. So, Chigs, any players from the Giants you think represent good value for where you're getting them? Obviously, Saquon is... Well, he's a bit of a sleeper, but um, yeah, Saquon Barkley is his name. He's yeah, no, he's the guy's money. It's pronounced Berkeley. <laughs> Saquon, um, no, the, the guy, absolutely. You know, I, I can make an argument for him to go above CMC. You know, I, I'm not sure I would pull the trigger on that, but you know, in a redraft league, number two overall, I think you're getting good value there. You know, he's he's money. Um, in terms of, I'd say from a, I'm going to give a little dynasty sleeper is uh, Caden Smith from the tight end. Um, he looked really good last year when Evan Engram was out. I think the guy's got some talent. You know, he's you'll pick him up pennies on the dollar. You know, in a start if you're getting him late round. Um, yeah, definitely a guy to keep keep an eye on. You know, with, especially with Engram's injury history. Um, and then in terms of like from a redraft league and a dynasty, uh, Daniel Jones is actually a guy. I think Mo's big on him as well this year, but I, I really like Daniel Jones. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think, you know, I know they got a lot of hate for taking him where they did last year in the draft. And that kind of clouded people's judgment as to, you know, the guy's potential. You know, if you're talking about a super flex league and this is a starting QB being taken six, was it six overall, fourth overall, whatever it was. Yep. He was going nice. in, in second rounds of, of startup leagues. Crazy. Uh, not, I'm sorry. Oh, rookie, rookie, rookie drafts. Oh, rookie, yeah, it was crazy. Crazy, yeah. right? Um, the guy's got some you know, rushing abilities. He's shown he's mobile in the pocket. Obviously threw a lot of interceptions last year, but, you know, he's a rookie, right? So, and a lot of his receivers and you know, his tight end were injured. Saquon was injured for a lot of last year. I can see the Giants being a lot better, and I think Daniel Jones can give you QB1 upside. Just just to touch on that rushing upside as well, he had 279 yards and two touchdowns last season, and considering he only played 12 or 13 games, you, you, you're talking about one of the better, better rushing upside QBs in the league in Daniel Jones. Absolutely. And, you know, I... I I, I do like what he offers, and we saw what Dak had under the Jason Garrett system as well. So, I, I'm a big fan of Daniel Jones. I think we discussed how I traded away my rookie pick 107 to get Daniel Jones, but I love the value. I was kind of QB needy. This was before Cam joined the Patriots, but you know Absolutely. they may not be trade. Like, imagine what you'd have to pay to get Josh Allen, for example, right? Um. You're, you're paying more than a first to get yeah. Josh Allen now, right? And the guy's not an accurate thrower. He's obviously got that, that ability on the ground. I think Daniel Jones is a better passer than Josh Allen. He's got better weapons than Josh Allen. And, you know, he's got... That the, might be debatable. That might be... Okay, okay. okay. Now, now, now he's got Stefan Diggs. It's different. He's got Diggs, I think. But yeah. again, I, 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 echo, I, I understand what you're trying to say, though. You know, I think he's... A, I think Sterling Shepard's a very, un, you know, especially in a redraft league as well. I think Sterling Shepard's a nice sort of sneaky late round guy to take as your wide receiver four or five bench yeah. depth. You know, Darius Slayton, 
you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sold on. You know, I think he, he looked good, but I'm, I think he's a little bit boom bust. But yeah, but for me, it points up for Daniel Jones. I think he's the the main guy that you can. Again, you you acquire him cheap now before he becomes the price of a Josh Allen. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I hear that. Mo, any thoughts on the Giants? Any players that you're uh, targeting? Let's let's ignore Saquon because everyone would give up their right arm to get Saquon in their team. But outside of Saquon. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think I'm with you. I'm going to go with uh, Daniel Jones and uh, I would say Darius Slayton, if anyone. Okay, interesting. Cool, so we move on then to the Cowboys, arguably the most hated team in football. <laughs> uh, so quarterbacks, you've got Dak Prescott and the recently added on Andy Dalton. Running backs, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And then you've got some lesser-known sort of quantities, let's say, Olin Ilua. I hope I've not butchered that name. Wide receivers, this is where it gets very interesting because you've got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb, most sort of prominent receivers. And then tight end, most notable names are Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. And I, I know I shouldn't really touch on kickers, but this guy is a legend. They did, of course, add Greg Zerline, Greg the Leg. Yeah. So uh, got, got big love for Greg Zerline been an absolute monster in fantasy in the past so He's anyway we weren't, weren't... i would hold on my on my bench you know with bye weeks and injury because it's greg the leg he's so good he he's so damn good right so chigs gun what's your thought I, i'm gonna actually push you into a bit of a decision here what's your thoughts on the wide receivers at the cowboys well, okay absolutely love the cowboys this year fade Amari Cooper by Michael Gallup in redraft. And what are your thoughts on CD Lamb producing uh, in year one? Um, I don't think CD Lamb's going to give you, especially in a redraft league, I don't think he's going to give you amazing value. You know, he's not going to be start. He's not going to be startable um, in redraft for me. Yeah, but in redraft in a, in a dynasty league. Go and buy this guy everywhere you can. You know, again, I I have got no shares of CD Lamb. I say this, I've got no shares of CD Lamb anywhere. Nor do uh, I. I could have, but I got Daniel Jones. But I absolutely love this guy, and you know, I know he played for Oklahoma, so I shouldn't. But absolute money. Yeah, some Texas fan you are. You love Baker Mayfield. You love Kyler Murray. No, you love CD. I wouldn't Lamb. say I love Baker Mayfield. I think I just, I took him just for value. I do love Kyler Murray. But um, yeah, I, I think oh. the, I think sorry the other guy. I think I think people you know like people always sleep on him. You know, I know, I know he's still going at the top end of drafts. But when you're talking about taking say Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara over Zeke, you look at how consistent this guy has been. You know what you get with this guy. Top class. So. I will ask you then, Mo, is there any running back you take ahead of Zeke outside of Berkeley and uh, CMC? Um, base, uh, I, you can make an argument for Kamara, if anyone. Uh, okay. Kamara kind of, you know, I think the news uh, news came out where he had a torn MCL last year. Um, he was never 100%. And, I mean, he won I mean, he won me and won, won a couple other people um, championships towards the end, too. Um, I think Kamara would be the only argument I would make you know, outside of, you know, of course, Barkley and CMC. Okay. And uh, just uh, want to put you on the spot here, but year one, who do you think has a better year one, C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy? 
I'll go with Jerry Judy. Yeah, same. Yeah. I, I, I think so too. One. I think Judy has a better year one. Um yeah. well, I can see I can see um C D Lamb being a perennial top three to top five pick. You know, maybe not maybe not next year, but you know, he he's got that talent to go into that Julio, Devontae Adams, Nuke kind of category. Yeah, he's got, he's got gonna, all the be a couple of years, though. I think yeah, a couple say, years, it's though. It's going to take a few years for him to get there, but you know, that that that's this guy's ceiling. He he is, you know, he, he could easily be the wide receiver one for years. Yep. Cool. And then that leaves us with that leaves us with the Washington Football <laughs> Team, as they are now known as. So <laughs> I'll run you through some of their players. So QB, you have uh, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith. Running backs, you no longer have Darius Geist because he's been released from the team. So that leaves Adrian Peterson, Antonio Gibson, the rookie, Peyton Barber, Bryce Love, potentially even J.D. McKissick, see if they can do anything. Uh, Receivers, this is where I think it gets interesting. You've got Terry McLaurin, Stephen Sims, Antonio Gandy-Golden, who I'm a big fan of. And then potential backups like Dontrell Inman and Trey Quinn. Uh, tight end, you have Logan Thomas, Jeremy Sprinkle, and uh, Richard Rogers, who I believe uh, was at the um, uh, Packers for a while. And then again, if you care about your kickers, you've got uh, Dustin Hopkins. I should give an honorable mention to uh, second pick in the draft, um, Chase Young as well. So... Ma, I'll start with you. Any any Redskins players you're targeting this season? Oh, oh man. Scary Terry. Um, they're still going to be behind in games. Uh, you know, Dwayne and um, Terry have the history at Ohio State. Did well his first year. I mean, I, I think for value where he's being drafted, I do like Scary Terry. And then, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, I mean, in a redraft, I don't see Haskins being valuable at all, but maybe in a dynasty. I'm hoping, you know, with Alex Smith back there, Got Kyle Allen's with a little bit of competition. Alex Smith more of being the veteran. You know, he's he's a QB you want in the QB room just to kind of teach the young QBs. And he just helps, you know, young QBs develop. I mean, you saw it with Mahomes. And I'm hoping he kind of has a similar effect with Haskins. But honestly, Scary Terry's the only one in redraft league I would go after. And then maybe uh, maybe Sims in a dynasty. Okay. Jigs? So, I mean, I just want to make a point about you know, Ron Rivera trying to change the culture there. So you're getting rid of Darius Geis, but you still got Adrian Peterson, you know, the child beater on, on your team. Is it, it is a bit weird, personally, but um, I think Bryce Love for me, and I, I'm just absolutely gutted. I didn't take him in our in our startup. You know, I basically was torn with, by taking him in the last pick, and I thought, leave him and see in, in camp how he does. The guy's talent is through the roof. You know, this guy was a potential, you know, he was in the, I think he finished second in the Heisman voting um, at Stanford. Then he uh, unfortunately tore his, uh, his, I think it was his ACL in his final season. The guy is electric and I can see him, if, if if he gets back to that fitness level, he could be, you know, the guy, the guy's talent is, 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 you know, fantastic. I, I'm surprised you didn't go after him in the IDP league for in a, in a fab this week. He was I, on the waiver wire. I'll be honest with you, I completely forgot. 
<laughs> for some reason, I think well, I think Waivers run on Thursday, and it's the other league they won in. Th- not, I know, I know, I know he's not. He's already taken because he's on Cash's roster. And I've always tried to trade with Cash for him as a part of a package deal. I'm always trying to get Bryce Love onto my like onto my roster. Um, I just think yeah, the trouble is in in uh, the IDP league, the rosters are too shallow, and I just kind of left it and completely forgot. So it's my own mistake. But um, yeah, definitely, if he, if he can get that job, he he's the guy I'll be taking a punt on at the end. Everyone else, no interest. Um, the defense, though, we talked obviously about the Buffalo Bills defense earlier. The Redskins are the guys I would be trying to pick up this year. I think they're definitely in the streaming conversation, and you might want to try and maybe look at their schedule, see who they're playing this year. But you might want to try and target them before somebody else picks them up because, yeah, under Ron Rivera, they've they already had a good defense last year, and now they've added, you know, Chase Young, arguably the best defensive end we've seen coming out of college in a while, and then a great defensive coach in Ron Rivera. So, but this thing, if you if you look at the if you look at the amount of first round picks as well in that defensive line, right? They're almost a little bit like what kind of the um, the 49ers were building, right? It's like high-level talent with a high-level defensive coach as well. So, um, yeah, you know, you've got, you got they took Montez Sweat last year, right? He again, he's an IDP sleeper. I've sort of mentioned to people as well. Like, I think I think their defense, especially in those big play leagues where you know you get rally for sacks and stuff like that. Yeah. I can I can see the the Redskins really you know yeah being a bit of a sleeper defense. So I say try if you're playing in a defense, it's a league which plays rewards big plays. Go and pick them up. I completely agree. I think that's the best thing they have going for them, and the defense might be what keeps them in games mm-hmm. going into this season. So not not the Redskins, but of course the football team as they will be <laughs> this year. So. Uh, Look out for them on your uh, waivers or on your startups. Okay, so that was the East. Uh, cheers, guys, for joining. Paul did just leave us a little while ago, so I'm sure Paul uh, would say goodbye to the listeners. But for now, that's goodbye from me. Mo? Have a good evening, chaps. Thank you very much. And Chiggs? Got to project your voice there a little bit, Mo, you know. Talk, talk with some volume. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Have a good evening, guys. Cool, and we'll see you next week.